You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to My Victory Church. Happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. If you're watching with your mom, why don't you give her a big hand right now? Celebrate her. They are so special. We, the world goes round moms. I'm telling you, everything uh, revolves around mom, and uh, we are so grateful for all of you. A big shout out to my amazing wife. I know all of you who know her, love her, and you get to see her in public, but what you don't see in private is all of the amazing things that she does for our children, for our family, and really she is the rock of our our home and so appreciate all that she is and her integrity. Uh, What you see in public, man, she is uh, twice as much uh, behind the scenes and, and so, so generous, so giving. Well, if uh, you are joining us for the first time, special welcome to all of you. This is not exactly how we planned on spending our Mother's Day service uh, together online, but here, here we are, and we are privileged this time to be able to join together. One of the benefits of joining online is that all of our campuses get to celebrate together and we are thankful for that, thankful for technology. And the other thing that we're thankful for is that, hey, this time we get to do it true live and interactive with all of you. So wherever you are watching from, why don't you just throw that in the chat? Let me know. I would, I'd love to shout out to all of you. Uh, Jamie says, hey, PK. Hey, Jamie, good to see you. Um, my wife, wife's there, Sarah's there, Pastor Renee is there, I saw uh, Jadine is there, and uh, Pastor Tanisha's on there, Sam and Dan, good to see you guys, congratulations on your new baby, so exciting. Um, we, Anthony's on there, uh, just give us a shout out wherever you're watching from, Charlotte's on there, it's so good, and uh, yeah, Jay's watching from Okotoks, West Lethbridge, Charlotte's watching there, Sarah's on there, all those amazing emojis on there. Uh, Gemma, hey, good, good to see you guys. Uh, from where we got Nova Scotia, we've got new, oh, well, we got, man, I, can't, I got trouble, see, you got to see all this stuff. Novaford, uh, we are watching from the couch in Lethbridge. <laughs> so good. Marianne, good to see you guys. Richard Marianne, good to see you. David, uh, Karen from Southeast Calgary, good to see you guys. Turner Valley, uh, Jessica, Coldale, Kendra, man, so good. Jen, right from Lethbridge, right here in the front row. Hey, she's right there. That's awesome. So good. Well, welcome everyone. We are starting a brand new series, and I promise you, um, I am reconsidering how I prepare my messages, and here's why. I just finished a series on, on resilience, and, and through resilience, I had one of the worst uh, bouts of gout that I've had in the 20 years that I've battled this crazy thing, and so it was having a tough time walking. Many of you saw that and all the rest of it on the other side of that now, right through the series of resilience. Go figure. And then we plan our messages. I planned them about three, four months in advance and planned a parenting series right before we go into lockdowns and all of us parents, hey, we get to parent our kids and homeschool them all again. And, and I promise you, I'm reconsidering this three to four month preparation thing, and I, I don't want to give the devil any heads up and, and getting us anything to, to fight us a, a, a spiritual battle anymore. So I'm deciding that I'm going to be planning my messages. I know the team's going to hate this, but I'm just saying we don't have to go through these battles anymore. I'm going to plan them Saturday nights. 
at the earliest. Um, crazy. Anyway, we are in a parenting, so let's talk about parenting. This series is for anyone who is currently parenting or will one day parent or is now watching their own children parent. Uh, that's an amazing experience as well. I had the privilege of being raised by uh, two amazing parents. But I was also very keenly aware that many of my, my friends, those I went to school with, were not so lucky. And when I became a parent, I remember feeling immediately overwhelmed and very, very unprepared. And even though I had a great upbringing, and so did Joy Lynn, we were very aware of what we didn't know. Isn't it amazing? We can go, we have premarital counseling or coaching. We have uh, schooling when it comes to, to our jobs and education when it comes to our jobs and careers. But when it comes to parenting, we're just kind of thrown into the deep end. And there was really uh, not a whole lot of preparation. You just kind of like go. Um, so when we, Joel and I became parents, we became uh, students of parenting. Uh, we read books. We studied other parents, both good and, and bad. And we asked a lot of questions. And this series is basically a regurgitation of all that we've learned throughout the years and what we have uh, been taught and learned, good and bad. And I feel passionate about bringing it to, to all of you. If nothing else, let's have a great discussion about parenting for the next couple of weeks. And we have great online groups, small groups, interaction throughout the week on our online campus. I encourage you to be a part of that, enjoying that. And we can learn from each other and continue this conversation. But one of the things, um, one of the things that we want to, I want to get out of the way before we get into the series is kind of the assumptions going into this series. And, and here's, here's four major assumptions that we just need to get out of the way when it comes to parenting. The first assumption is number one, just because I have a parent doesn't mean I know how to be one. Okay, just because I have a parent doesn't mean that I, I know how to be one. Second assumption is, along the same lines, just because I was a kid once doesn't mean that I know anything about raising one. Anybody want to shout amen? Put that in the chat. <laughs> emojis, whatever. Raise your hand emojis. I'm not familiar with all those. You guys know all that stuff. Put it in there. I don't encourage you to actually inter interact throughout the message. I can see your interactions as very encouraging um, as well to know that there's more than just a camera. And this, this is awesome. Um, but just because I was a kid once doesn't mean I know anything about raising one. Third assumption is your parents' behavior, not their advice, determines whether or not you want to be like them or even with them, as when you don't have to <laughs> anymore. And, you know, parents often say, you know, do as I say, not just as I, as I do. Well, that might work for an immediate response, but in the long term, basically your respect level of your, your parents, um, whether that's, that's high respect, low respect, is basically based on their behavior, not on what they just said to do. It's what they, what they, they did. And that's very important for us to understand and, and assume as we go into this series as, as parents that it's our behavior, what we do, not necessarily what we say that is going to determine the long-term effect and determine whether our children want to be with us when they don't have a choice anymore when they become adults. Fourth assumption is 
Parenting, let's just be honest, has a way of bringing out the worst in us. Whether that's our fear, our insecurity, you know, anger, shame, etc. Which is kind of ironic because when we first become parents, I remember, you know, first becoming a parent, holding, you know, uh, Carson in our, our my, my arms when he was first born and, and thinking, man, getting this overwhelming feeling of love that I didn't even know was in there, just kind of just gushes all over you. You're just like, I don't know that I've ever loved at this level before. I and mean, you feel that with each one of your children, they're first born. But it's amazing as we raise them and become familiar and all the battles that go on and just natural day-to-day life. Isn't it amazing how somebody that you love to the core of your being brings out the worst in us? The fear, the insecurity, the anger, the shame. It's, it's remarkable. And if we look to the Bible for examples, okay, you know, biblical examples of how to be a great parent. I mean, let's just be honest. I scoured the, the scriptures and there are no biblical examples of a healthy family. I mean, think about the very first family in the Bible, Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden, all the rest of it. One of their sons kills another one of their sons. I mean, that's what a great start to mankind. I mean, talk about family dysfunction. The Bible is full of dysfunction, which is discouraging, but at the same time is a little bit encouraging, isn't it? That that even though the Bible is a study into humankind and study into God, that really, there's not really a fully functional, we all have dysfunction. So let's just get that out of the way. No perfect people, right? No perfect families, no perfect parents. Let's get all that out of the way. However, Jesus made an overarching statement that covers all of our lives, but especially is true when it comes to family and to us as as parents. So let's look at this statement. He said this to his disciples, and this is recorded in, by John, in John 13, verse 34. This is what Jesus said. He says, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. Now when Jesus says, a new command I give you, and I've quoted this scripture often, and the reason why I quote it so often is because this might be one of the most important things that Jesus told us. Because when he says a new commandment, he's not saying an additional commandment, another commandment on top of the Ten Commandments, another commandment on top of all the Moses laws. Jesus is saying this is not an additional commandment, this is a replacement commandment. In other words, this one, if you, if you just love one another, this replaces all of the other rules and commandments throughout the entire Bible. This can sum up everything, love one another. Well, love one another... That seems simple enough, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to parenting. Just love our kids. Okay, great. But then Jesus didn't stop there because he goes on and he says this. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now when he says I have loved you, his disciples when they first heard this, I'm sure Matthew when he first heard this is going, yeah, you did love me different than most. Everybody else, because I was a tax collector, casted me out. Nobody else wanted to be with me. Not only did you want to be with me, but you walked right up to me and, and encouraged me to follow you, making me one of your inner circle, meaning that you were willing to give up your reputation just to be with me. And you wanted to be with my friends and came to my house. Nobody came to my house. I was a tax collector. I was an outcast. Yet you gave up your own reputation to be seen with, with me. That, that was different. 
Peter, yeah, you were patient with me, Jesus, when I said stupid things, when I did stupid things, and, and you didn't rebuke me like everybody else. You didn't push me away because I was, I was being dumb or saying some, some dumb stuff. You, you just wanted to be with me anyway and were patient with me. And man, yeah, that is different. All of his disciples could think of something like this. But what's even more remarkable is John. John wrote this after Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. Years later, John writes this, love one another as I have loved you, meaning John and all the rest of the disciples saw Jesus willingly sacrifice his own life for them. Now talk about a level of love that is unmatched. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Love one another as I have loved you. Willing, I'm giving up everything for you. Gave up everything for you. And the disciples spent all of their lives giving up them, themselves and giving up their own lives to do what Jesus commanded. But what's remarkable is that after the disciples died themselves, the next generation didn't witness as I have loved you, didn't, weren't part of the, you know, immediate things, but yet what the disciples taught and what the disciples gave them, this was something that was passed on from generation to generation of Christians and saying, this is the new standard. This is the new, this is the new way of, of loving. In fact, Paul, who wasn't one of the original disciples group, next generation uh, leader, Paul gave us uh, handles on how exactly Jesus loved us. So I guess we could call these love handles. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that's really bad. Uh, and my mother-in-law is very, very proud right now, and I'm so sorry for the rest of you. That's a really bad pun. But Paul gave us um, gave us ways to live out this kind of love, and we call this the love chapter. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to spend the rest of the series just in, in this unpacking what what. What, G, what meaning to love like Jesus looks like. Let's look at this in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. And, and love is patient. Now, I know many of you know the rest of the, this passage, but I just couldn't get past this, this word, patient. And I was like, Paul, did you have to start with that one? I mean, if I was to rewrite the Bible, I don't know if I would even include this. I hate this word. I, the patience, just I, not, not my, my most favorite. And if I have to include it in loving, okay, 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 I would have put it at the end. But he puts it first. And I, I just couldn't get past this. So I'm going to spend a little time just talking about this word patience in regards to what it means for us as loving one another as Jesus loved, loving one another as parents are supposed to love our children. What does patience mean? Well, Let's define patience this way. To be patient means to move at someone else's pace. Okay, so to be patient means to move at someone else's pace. And when we aren't patient or when we aren't moving at someone else's pace, we separate. For example, if I'm not patient, we're walking side by side, and I'm not patient, and I'm walking ahead of you and, and, and leaving you behind, the further, the less patient I am, the more distance there's going to be between us, the more separation there's going to be in between us. And, and that happens in the natural, but this happens emotionally as well, is that when we move at another pace or at a faster pace than somebody else, and we're not moving at the same pace as them, the more that... the 
more that we separate, the more distance there is between us, the more separation there is emotionally, and all the rest of it. So when that means as far as parents goes, that means that I need to move at the pace of my children, which I don't know about you as a parent, but for me as a parent, this, in preparation of this, this was convicting for me because... Well, my kids don't always move at the pace I want them to or that I would like to move at. Uh, oftentimes when they're young, you know, they move at a lot slower pace and, and, then, and then they become um, a little bit older and then they move at a much faster pace as we get older. I mean, it's just, it, and, and we're, not, we're tired and they're wanting to play and go out there and, and then, we, then I lag behind. But love is patient, moving at the same pace as another. Another thing that was convicting for me as I was preparing this message is, I thought, man, it's, there's an ironic thing that happens to us as grandparents. And now being a grandparent, I find it easier, just being very blunt and honest, I find it easier to move at the pace of my grandkids and, and I move at their pace and play at their pace and, and, and work with them at, at their pace as, as much as I, as I can and I find that easier than I even do with my own children. And, and it's ironic because, well, why would that be the case? But the, it happens that, again, that when we get into day-to-day -day life and regular pace of life, it's amazing how often as a parent, it's like, oh, I'm too busy, or not now, or I'm just not up to it, or whatever that might be. And then I begin, you know, as a parent, I make a lot more excuses at not moving the pace of my child than I do even as a grandparent. It's ironic. But love moves at the pace of another. And again, Jesus says, love as I have loved you. Well, Paul says, love moves at the pace of another. And Jesus was the prime example of moving at the pace of another. Because Paul said this to the church in Philippi. He says, in your relationships, this Philippians 2 verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Again, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. In your relationships, with all your relationships, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. In other words, what Paul is saying is, Jesus set the ultimate example of love is patient. That while he had every reason to, to use his godliness, the fact that he was God, to his own advantage, decided to instead move at the pace of human nature, to move at the pace of Peter, to take three years, which, you know, if, let's just take, you know, the big example says, you know, a day is like a thousand years to God. That's 365 times three, I mean, that's, that's thousands to God's pace. That's thousands, 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 that's, that's, that's a lot of time that Jesus had to slow down and saying, I'm going to choose to move at the pace of Peter. I'm going to choose to move at the pace of Matthew. I'm going to choose to move at the pace of Thomas, at Judas. I'm going to train, I'm going to choose to move at their pace, not using my own godliness to my own advantage. I'm going to move at their pace and be patient with them. And Jesus set that example. For who? For us. Paul also said to the Colossians in Colossians 3, verse, verse 21, he, specifically to parenting, he says, Fathers, 
do not exasperate your children so that they will not become discouraged. In other words, what he's saying is, don't frustrate your children by moving too fast or by moving too slow, by frustrating them. He says, don't, don't exasperate them so that they will become discouraged. So let me ask this question. Let's just put this back into, into parenting life, into our everyday life. Who feels rushed by you? Or who feels slowed down by, by you? Who are you driving away by your desire to bring out their best? Because here's one of the things that we often think about as parents as well. I'm trying to, pass, I'm trying to bring out the best in my kids and I see the potential in them that they don't even see themselves. And so I'm pushing them. I'm pushing them to be able to do that. But the problem is, is that we can push at our pace what we think. Is this convicting for anybody else besides me? What we think they should be or where they should be. And we push at, the, at our pace, push them to where we think they should be instead of pushing them at their pace. Or we push them at their brother's pace or at their sister's pace and going, well, why can't you keep up? And you're not the same. Each child is different. And, and Paul says, Jesus set the example of running at our pace and he took extra time with Peter and James and John, he took extra time with some disciples to run at their pace. He individualized them and training them. And, and he encourages us, fathers, do not exasperate your children, to run at their pace. So who feels rushed by you? Know, how many times do we as parents, well, I don't have time. We got to go. We, we feel rushed and we feel pushed. We feel all of these things. And the more impatient we become, and don't our children test our patience? Come on. The more impatient we become, the more separation happens because we're running at different paces. So, today's takeaway is simply this. Patience is moving at the pace of another. And my challenge to you this week is today and for the rest of this week, I want you to evaluate your pace I want you to evaluate your children's pace, your spouse's pace. And I want you to evaluate the pace that we are setting and, and that are we running and operating at their pace or are we pushing them to operate at ours? Just ask ourselves these questions and go, man, um, where are we at and how are we doing? And, and catch yourself even in preparing this, that as often as I've caught myself in not running at the pace of my children. And each one of them run at different paces, I'm, I'm promising you, but running at their pace. Uh, when I take them on a daddy date and, and they go shopping and Avery is six years old and, and she shops at a different pace than, than I do as I like to hunt and I know what I'm going into a store to get. And she likes to shop at a different pace. And, how many times I'm like, love is patient, love is patient, her pace. So my challenge to you is this week, just evaluate the patience level. Are we running at the pace of the other? Jesus set the example, and I am thankful. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that Jesus is patient with me and allows that relationship to develop, not at his pace, but at my pace. He's been very patient with me. 
And so therefore, I need to love as he loved me. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your patience with me, for running at my pace and for not pushing too much, not pulling too much, but God, you just run at our pace and thank you so much for setting that example, Jesus. And I pray that you'd help us this week, Holy Spirit, bring to our mind when we're pushing or pulling or exasperating our children, trying to run at another pace. And God, I pray an extra blessing and all the moms out there, especially, God, as we go back to homeschooling and all that that demands and all the different things. And God, I pray that you would give extra grace, extra anointing, extra strength this week and in the weeks to come, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Bless those moms. Let them sense your love and your how proud you are of each one of them. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that blessed all of you. Good to see all of you on, in the chat and seeing that going on. Thank you, Charlene, for, for, for your encouragement there. And, and Jen and, and you know, Tanisha and yeah, all of you guys. This is, this is so good. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching today and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that that God has been operating at your pace. He's not pushing you into relationship. He's not pushing you into church. He's not pushing you into religion. Not at all. In fact, he wants a personal relationship with you and he does operate at our pace. And he wants to invite you into relationship. And all you need to do to begin a relationship with Jesus is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is God. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will do just that. And if you believe that Jesus is God and you believe that he rose again from the dead right here, right now, where you are, you can begin a relationship with him. And I promise you, he will run at your pace. He's so loving, merciful, kind. He accepts you just where you are. And it's, it's a most amazing relationship. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite all of you to pray this with me. Wherever you are, pray along with me. Let's pray this together. Everyone repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you right now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, and my friend, thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs, for accepting me just as I am, for loving me just as I am. I give my heart to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We would love to send you a Bible and send that gift to you wherever you are around the world. We'll send it to you wherever you are. Just push like on the comment that's been posted on, on the chat in, in Facebook. Just push like on there. Our team will reach out to you and we'll make sure that we get you a Bible. Welcome again to the family of God. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day. Love you all. Have a great, great week. Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you'd like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv.